certainly so much of fundraising is research and science-based, but to be successful, we also need to know about the art of fundraising. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakovic from the Fundraising School, and this is the first day from the Fundraising School. Our guest is Dr. Gene Temple. His leadership career has led him to be called one of the top 50 leaders in the philanthropic sector, and he currently is the Dean Emeritus of the Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. And Gene, you knew our founder, Dr. Henry Rosso, personally, and certainly we have research and science and techniques in fundraising, but Dr. Rosso defined fundraising as the gentle art of teaching others the joy of giving. What do fundraisers need to know about the art of fundraising in order to be successful? Well, Bill, thank you for asking that question. And, and I think this is a very appropriate topic for us to talk about uh, related to the, to, the, to the way we do our fundraising work. Uh, there is a lot of science connected to fundraising. And we would say that science might be the, the application of methodologies that, are pri uh, that have been uh, tried and true. Uh, towards somewhat predictable or very predictable ends in, in, in any process. And, and so certainly there, there is that in fundraising. So that, uh, for, for example, if one's working at the annual fund level or applying uh, direct mail, that kind of thing, there may be a lot more information available to help you produce that. And certainly we have a lot of science that's connected to understanding donor behavior. But as we approach major gifts work, uh, we really have to begin applying the art of fundraising. And the art, and, and when we talk about art, I think we're talking about the creativity of expression and engagement uh, that, that, uh, that, that becomes part of the way major gift fundraising has to be done. And you've raised hundreds of millions of dollars throughout your esteemed career. And as you do so, you've put together your fundraising plan, you have your gift range chart, you've researched the donors, but what balance do you find then between not imposing your mission and your need, but instead using these artistic skills of fundraising, whether it's listening, emotional intelligence, uh, you know, just trying to understand the donor's heartbeat as you help them see the possibility for a major gift? So Bill, I think that's, I think that's it. I, I think the major gift work is so exciting to me and to many others because of what I call contingency management. Hmm. So that uh, there, there's a contingency management really means being comfortable with and understanding how one might have uh, endless permutations of if-then statements. Hmm. And uh, the preparation one does is to anticipate what possible if-then statements one might encounter uh, in the fundraising process and, and, and be able to answer those uh, along the way. Now you mentioned some things in the question that I think are critically important in developing the art of fundraising. Those are in fact uh, listening, for example. Yes. Listening more than speaking so that one begins to understand the donor. But simply listening is not, uh, is not, a, not all that one has to do. Simply listening and taking notes and then responding in a rote or, uh, or um, um, uh, try, you know, in a practiced way. But, but one needs to under, have some empathy for the donor, mm -hmm. to be able to see the world in which the donor lives from the donor's side, to be able to identify with and engage 
uh, with the donor based on the donor's, the donor's side of the work. And certainly we've done our research on that donor through their giving to us and their other charitable giving, other aspects about them that we know about. Uh, and that perhaps helps us start a conversation. But as you said, listening so often is more important than speaking. We think, what am I going to say in this meeting? Right. And it really has to start with listening first. Yes, yeah, so we would say that, that, um, uh, th that listening is about 75% of the interaction. Mm. Um, you mentioned emotional intelligence. And emotional intelligence is more than uh, more than just listening and even having empathy, but emotional intelligence is being able to sort out what, what meaning there is for things that are being said by the, by the donor, to be, able to, uh, to be able to take what the donor says uh, in a, that, that we think are meaningful and bring those back to the donor, to say those back to the donor to see if there is, in fact, uh, some agreement with that. Now here's where art and science come back together. You mentioned that we will do our research, mm -hmm. we'll, uh, we'll understand something about the prospect, uh, we will know something about the prospect's past behavior that might predict future behavior. Uh, we know some research from, uh, research, much of the research done at the Lilly Family School of Philanthropy out of our philanthropy panel study and out of the high net worth household study that let us know that donors give from their own value system, yes. they give to, to, the, to organizations whose missions identify uh, with the, uh, the types of organizations, uh, uh, with, the, with their own values. Uh, they give to organizations that demonstrate impact. We know that uh, high net worth households would give more if only they knew that their additional gifts would make a larger difference. Gene, when you were fundraising and were listening, we're listening to the spoken word, and in that last reply, you talked about my words, summarizing what you said, kind of reading between the lines sometime on what the meaning might be or maybe what's unspoken, and we pick up on that. What about observing the donor? I and mean, we talk about face-to-face -face is the most effective way to engage with a donor over time. Are you observing body language? Are you listening for tone? Do you see a little tear in the eye sometimes in the prospective donor? How important is that when we're fundraising? Well, I think, I think it's very important. Now, I'm not, I'm not a psychologist, and I'm not an expert in body language, but one can sense an increase in energy in people or see an increase in energy in people. And I, I use the same um, approach when I talk to students about where they want to work after they leave school. I'll ask them a lot of questions and, and get them to talk about some of the things they think they might do, and you can sense when they've hit the place where they'd really like to spend their time working on a mission that really means something to them. And uh, I think the same is true for donors. Uh, because you, you're, you started with Hank's statement about the joy, about the, the, art, of, the art of teaching the joy yeah. of giving. And the joy of giving part is really important here. So one can sense when the donor might find joy in the gift that's, yeah. being, that, that's, being, that's being sought. And when the donor finds joy in that expression, in the expression of a gift, I think that's when we, that's when we have the possibility of a major gift. Our research shows that the number one reason major donors make a gift is connection to their values, as Dr. Temple said earlier. And as fundraisers, we really need to understand what those values are. And sometimes we can uh, understand that from their behavior. It could be information on a piece of paper or an electronic source of information. But so often it comes from this art of fundraising, from listening, from observing, from understanding why the donor cares or might care about this opportunity to make a gift. And Gene, as I mentioned, you exemplify leadership and your doctoral training is in leadership. 
And it really seems to be this difference between transactional leadership where I'm making a request and the donor is providing a gift, that's a transaction. Fundraising is transformational. Can you help our viewers understand and our listeners understand the difference between transformational and transactional leadership as it relates to this art of fundraising? Well, I think, I think uh, so often we think of, of transformational gifts as gifts that transform the organization yeah. somehow and have a, have a major, major impact on the organization. And certainly that's a valid way of thinking about a big idea, a big gift might, might help fund a big idea that, that changes the organization. But I think it's most important to think about how the gift might transform the donor, how the, how the gift might make a, an impact on the donor's life and see the possibility of something happening that the donor could not or did not have the thought of doing before. And, and uh, when, one, when one can help a donor make a transformational gift, a gift that transforms the donor's life, I think that's when we have complete satisfaction and perhaps joy in making a gift from the, on the donor's perspective. Fundraising is the gentle art of teaching others the joy of giving. What does that mean as fundraisers? We're in the joy delivery business. What a great opportunity we have to invite donors to connect to our organizations and the impact that our organizations are making. And to do so, certainly you need to know the techniques, but you also need to know the art of fundraising. We teach both in our courses here at the Fundraising School. And you can learn more on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. We also have a free app available wherever you find apps and that's easy to use on your technology device, your smartphone, your tablet, and so forth. Be sure to check out our webinars as well where four times a year we bring you great information to help you strengthen your fundraising activities. Such a delight to hear from one of the great leaders in our field, Dr. Gene Temple. Right now you have been fully informed on this first day from the fundraising school. Mm -hmm.